How did the Pac-12 get to the point it is now, especially considering where it was in the 1990s? We will be discussing coming up here soon. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke, with John Schuster. With you've got, uh, let's see, you got John. Who's who's number twenty-one? Is that Hassan Adams? Or I thought that might have been Michael Wright. Let's go with that. Either way, how about that. Michael Adams? Some. Oh, I like that. I was going to say it sounds uh, like a rocker from the eighties. Hassan Wright works too. Hassan Wright does. Doesn't sound <laughs> like a rocker from the eighties, but uh, oh, although maybe it does. Sounds more like security backstage. But uh, with John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. We've talked a lot about possible where Arizona could possibly be going this uh, this coming year or these coming years. But I wanted to kind of go back in time a little bit this episode and talk about how did we get here in the first place. And my frame of reference is a little bit different than shoes, at least growing up. Believe it or not, we're, we're a few years apart in age. But when I was growing up in the 90s, Arizona, and I'm not saying that the Pac-12 was the Big East or it was maybe the ACC, but you had two programs in Arizona and UCLA that were, we joke about it all the time, is it a top five, is it a top seven? These two, these two programs mattered at the highest level, Arizona and UCLA. Heck, they both won national championships, you know, almost in back-to-back years. And then you had Stanford, which was a top 10 entity, and if not, it was right there. And you always had a couple other schools that, give or take, were always generally, or were able to be impactful. ASU had a nice little run there. They made a Sweet 16, a couple tournament appearances. Oregon, Cal had a nice little run, even though they were cheating. But, you know, who cares really right there? Now you look at it, and essentially, and we'll talk about football here in a second, but Pac-12 hoops is at least viewed nationally as kind of a joke. In the 90s, I don't remember that being the case. And I don't think it really uh, should be now either. Uh, and and I think, think things are going to move in a direction that's that improves for the conference, assuming that the conference in some capacity is still around. I think Arizona's going to be – a good basketball team with name recognition that's going to be favorably in the conversation uh, for a while. And I think Oregon's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. So those two, those two things uh, help a lot. Uh, and then from there, you hope that you can have some other teams uh, try to fill in the gap. The team that is, uh, unfortunately for the conference, the two teams that are leaving were doing very well. Right. And that gave and that gave the conference some depth that I think it hadn't had in some time. And that's going to be difficult. That that's going to be tough to replace because, you know, we talk about UCLA and their final four appearance and, uh, you know, a good seeding last year. They played mm-hmm. a really hot Carolina team in one of the better games in the tournament yeah, they, yeah. coming in the Sweet 16. Uh, so 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 they've strung two legitimate seasons together that put them back into the conversation and their recruiting classes are very good. The team that we constantly talk about, and this is kind of the entertaining thing, we spend a lot of air talking about how we never talk about USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but USC's won what on average 26 games a year, right. uh, you know, right. on for, for, for the last four or five seasons now. And they're always and, kind of in that top three to four realm right. in the conference, right? Yeah. 
and and them getting into the second weekend in the tournament is a very plausible scenario. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, the conference looked as though basketball wise, it was uh, improving its footing a little bit. Uh, and now this happens and they're going to have to figure out ways, assuming that the incarnation of whatever this conference is doesn't change a whole heck of a lot. They're going to have to figure out ways to try to recruit a little bit better and uh, find other teams that can uh, get into the mix and try to fill the void as best as possible with a UCLA team uh, on the upturn and a UC and a USC team that's a heck of a lot more uh, competitive and consistent than generally they're given credit. Do you think? Let me. Well, let's go backwards a little bit. Sure. Why Arizona and UCLA? I mean, maybe I overstated the case right there because UCLA has been to four Final Fours in the past fifteen years. I mean, Arizona hasn't been to a Final Four in over 20 years. So, I right, mean, right. but either way, Arizona is also kind of the king of, I think there's been six Elite Eight games in there that have been mm -hmm. decided by about nine points or something, and Arizona was on the losing end of almost all of them. But Stanford was always kind of that one that really, you know, when you have three programs of that, of that ilk, Stanford, right. the way that Stanford has fallen off, is Stanford just kind of like uh, it was with uh, UNLV, Georgetown? Is Stanford just a one-coach school? Is that basically I think so. what it is? I, 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 and, and that's the danger for a lot of teams. And, and and with programs like that, if you get the right guy in there, you can always win again and and put yourself on better footing. This is, this is I think, going to be the legacy of Sean Miller, is that while you and I are not particularly thrilled with him necessarily as right. a person or his uh, simplistic, relatively easy-to-scout, approach toward the game Miller was a good basketball coach that wanted Arizona at a pretty darn good level and solidified the Wildcats as a program that went beyond a one coach program right. and that's and that's a huge deal right. that now means that a guy like Tommy Lloyd looks at this job and says yeah I can win there as opposed to had Arizona hired somebody maybe and gone through the same growing issues that UNLV and Stanford and Georgetown went through? Does a guy like Tommy Lloyd leave Gonzaga to go to Arizona? Maybe not. Right. Uh, so so Miller has deserves a lot of credit for uh, transitioning from a great coach who built a program and then making it more than a one coach program. And, and as a result now, Arizona is a brand that can be successful. And I think Tommy Lloyd is going to have very good success at Arizona. The difference, I think, and it's a bad comparison because Florida won national titles. Right. But the Florida-UCLA comparison, I think, maybe has some general merit. Uh, whereas Florida would either win national titles or win 15 games. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and UCLA was kind of the same way. UCLA has had very deep tournament runs. Uh, you mentioned uh, the the Final Four appearances, mm -hmm. or they win. They're 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 a completely forgettable entity. Right. Whereas Arizona generally did a better job of being a twenty three win basketball team, who right. would you know be anywhere who who was more often than not going to be in the tournament and very often going to be seated high highly in the tournament. And when they were seated highly, you know certainly in the first half of Miller's reign here they were uh, usually going to get into the second weekend. Right. So Arizona remained a factor in the conference. Uh, UCLA was inconsistent and occasionally good. And then you were trying to find some other teams that, that were still trying to gain footings. When Stanford dropped off, Oregon was the obvious team that should have taken that mantle. And Oregon's done a pretty good job of it. 
but right. maybe Oregon hasn't quite done enough yet. I think the potential is clearly there for Oregon to be a major player that obviously on the national stage and certainly a conference bolster uh, when it comes to men's basketball. But now you have to find somebody else or a couple somebody else's to try to fill the void. And maybe that becomes a little bit more difficult and is clearly a challenge for a conference that's uncertain right now. All right. One thing that you would want to do, though, is if you wanted to possibly bet on anything future related, you would go to the Bet Online Sportsbook. You would check it out there. You would say, all right. They've got the best odds. They've got the best futures. They've got the best everything I need. And I want to put down some money. I want to go to some place that's easy, that's easy to navigate. You would check out the Bet Online Sportsbook app right there. We will be right back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. Even more, maybe, maybe this is what I should have led, led with, but even more confounding is football. Let's just look in the 1990s. And I was talking with a good friend of ours, William Brad Alice, a little bit earlier about this. In the 1990s, here's the schools that had top five national finishes. Washington won a national championship, obviously, in 1991. Had another top five finish later on in the, uh, in the 90s. Arizona had a top five finish and a top 10 finish in there. Oregon State had a top five finish. USC had a top five finish. Um, uh, da, 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 was it? ASU had a top five finish. You had six teams that had top five finishes at some point during the 1990s. That doesn't occur. That hasn't occurred basically since the 90s. And not only has it not occurred, it hasn't even come close to occurring. Why is that? Uh, there are a couple reasons, I think. I think uh, even, even then the conference was uh, difficult to get through, but uh, an undefeated team or a one-loss team could make a lot of noise. And and that that was at a time where you know you had a four team, you did not have a four team playoff. Right. So a lot of those discussions with Washington and Oregon State and ASU and Arizona would have been: Are they the fourth or the fifth team in some four team playoff fair. field? And if they didn't, if they did not get into that spot, then we're wondering again: Well, why didn't the Pac ten, twelve, whatever the hell number it is or will be, <laughs> right. uh, uh, you know, get a team that was in the final four? And I think a lot of that has to do with it's a it is it is a difficult conference to get through for whatever reason it's easier to get upset in this conference than a lot of the others and i think to some degree maybe the middle level teams are a little bit more competitive sometimes uh you've got a, some of the travel concerns that play into it uh a little bit and uh you know those things uh, are a big deal in college football you lose a game in college football you're in bad shape right uh, and Unless you're at the SEC and you can maybe unless, lose two or three. Yeah, that that's exactly right. And, and you know, to the SEC's credit, I guess they've you, you know they're still winning national championships. Uh, you know, Unfortunately, they, but, yes. Yeah, but they get you know they do get maybe the benefit of their reputation in the Pac-10, 12, 8, 16, whatever the hell number you want to throw in there. The Pac-X is uh, going to be. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's going to have a hard time ultimately. That's funny on like three different levels right there. Yes. <laughs> They're going to have a hard time ultimately looking up. Was was football better in the, was football top to bottom better in this conference in the 90s? Or oh, I think it clearly was, wasn't it? Or were there just better teams at the top? Well, I mean, you look at it and I think you, our, our uh, Anthony Gimino, man, I'm throwing out names left and right here. Man, you always, really are. Always talks about it's the coach. It's the coach. I think that you could probably or I would suggest mm -hmm. that you could suggest look away. <laughs> I would suggest that you could look back and say that the coaches 
that were running those teams were probably amongst the best coaches in those programs history. Mike Bellotti obviously was a fantastic coach at Oregon. Uh, Dennis uh, Erickson, while he was at, he was only at Oregon state for a couple of years, but outside of Mike Riley, probably the most acclaimed coach in there. Um, uh, who was that? Was it Todd? Uh, not Todd Graham. Was it Bruce Snyder? That was uh, yeah. the ASU. Yeah, coach? Snyder was at ASU at their uh, at their one year spike. Right, and that was a little bit different than those ones because that was obviously a one year spike. Oh, Dick the Oregon Tom- State was a one year spike as well. Right, Dick Tomey was um, best coach in Arizona history. I think that's hard to I think that's diff- hard to argue. Uh, Don Don James was certainly the best coach in Washington history. Um, so again, maybe I'm just grasping at straws here, no, but, may, or maybe, but it seems or, or maybe like, it's me. I think it's a good argument. And, and, and I think, thanks. you know, it's not like, uh, you know, Oregon's still a very good football team, but they're top 15 good. They're not top five good. Right. And in college football, un- take it for what it's worth because of the weird playoff system, you need to be top five good. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's where, because it's not like Oregon's a bad football team. Oregon wins nine or 10 games a year. Utah's a good top 20 football team. But again, you've got to be top five good to get into that conversation. The problem is with with the anchor teams like USC, the anchor team that is leaving. Uh, they went out to get Lincoln Riley because they didn't want to be a top 15, you know, right. or top 30 program anymore. Uh, so they went after Riley, who they thought could put them into top five territory. They could reclaim Pete Carroll's uh, um, success. And, and now they're going to do that in another conference, which obviously which obviously is the most damning blow to the PAC-X uh, at any stage in this process. And, and clearly it's going to be a difficult thing for uh, the conference to replace. That isn't going to be easy because now Oregon has to, you have to figure out a way to make Oregon top five. You have to figure out a way to make Washington top 15 or top 20. Utah is going to every once in a while be in a conversation, maybe in November, but can Utah ever really run the table? I mean, probably not. Right. Uh, they're, they're and, really and they've got good. the feeling, and they've got the feeling too. As much as we like Utah, they've got the feeling too that it's kind of like a Cincinnati situation where if you did run the table, you'd probably get blasted by whoever you would play yeah. in that championship. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. They're a very and 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 in fairness, Cincinnati got walloped, but so did Michigan. Right, so a exactly. team from a big conference got yeah. hammered by an SEC school. Wait too. a second, an overrated Big Ten team got Hard hammered? Well, you know, that, that that that's the reason USC's going to that league. Uh, why not be overrated in in that conference? By the way, I do predict I do predict once Riley it might take a year or two. I think outside of Ohio State, they're gonna smash everybody in the big in the Big yeah. Ten. I mean, they they bring they they bring a different kind. Con- well, them and Ohio State both bring speed to 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 a league that doesn't really have it. Right, and uh, that's uh, that that that's a different animal to deal with. And I think you're right. I think a, a lot of teams in that conference, and there are good teams in the Big Ten, but and the, and and here's maybe an interesting level of conversation. You look at the overrated Big Ten. Ohio State's great. Mm-hmm. USC has a chance to be great, but is Michigan better than Oregon? Now is Wisconsin negligibly better than Washington or Utah? No. But if you look at them from a ranking standpoint, Wisconsin could be ranked seventh, right? And or and Utah could be ranked thirteenth, right? You know, e- even though and, and that probably has a lot to do, and that's and that's the reputation issue I think that the conference is facing and now has to deal with even more. Right. Okay. One thing though that uh, we have a new sponsor here. Uh, LinkedIn, that's when you know, when you get, when you got LinkedIn and Built Bar basically saying, we want to be part of this, we want to get in on this, 
that's when you know that you're big time. So here's the deal. Again, I'm still reading this, as you can probably tell. So as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you could want to talk to faster. Do you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? That's actually a lot, or LinkedIn. Post your job form on linkedin.com slash college. Check it out. We'll be right back with you. With John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. All right, Shu. So let me ask you this before we uh, sign off here. Uh, Tom Han or uh, it was Hanson that was the uh, Pac-12 athletic commissioner before uh, Larry Scott, correct? I believe that's correct, yes. What did you think of Hanson? Uh, I don't know that I had much of an opinion. Which of him, probably, and, and I've asked a few. Okay. I've asked a few people that, and they've all given people like yourself who are smarter than me. They've both, they've all given both. both. They've actually, there's, <laughs> there's three people involved here. So Whoa. both plus one. Uh -huh. Um, but all three have said, yeah, I don't really remember much about him. I think that's a good thing, is it not? Because Maybe. you remember Larry Scott. You know, but and, and that's an interesting conversation. Let's let's bring that down. That's true. You do re remember Larry Scott. But let's use it from Arizona Athletic Directors. Um, you remember said Dempsey because he was excellent. You don't remember Live and Good, which wasn't a bad thing. Right. But you do remember you, you remember Greg Byrne for the good and the bad. Right. Uh so is where Tom Hansen fits into that conversation. I don't necessarily know, but he wasn't said Dempsey. Right. Uh, and so, so was he the live and good of uh, Pac-12 commissioners? Maybe. And is that good enough to get your conference to where you want it to be on a national level? It doesn't necessarily hurt you. It creates stability, uh, but do does it build the brand in a way that you ultimately need? The Larry Scott had a chance to be Greg Byrne and build the brand. Instead, Larry Scott became all the bad things that Greg Byrne was. And that and that doesn't and that clearly doesn't bode well for the conference as a whole and uh, the job that the conference has Derek, ahead of it. Uh, Larry, I almost said Derek Scott. Larry Scott also just kind of looked out of place. He didn't look natural as a Pac-12 commissioner. He looked like, and again, people know the background, but he looked like a guy that would probably be more interested watching women's tennis. I'm not putting him down like that. You know, I don't mean that in a negative light. I'm just saying that he didn't look like the type of guy that was looking at his schedule saying, man, I can't wait for that USC Stanford game at nine or, you know, that will bury on Pac-12 network or something like that. Yeah. Well, the issue is the Pac-12 network more than it is judging a book by its cover. Right. Uh, Larry Scott was innovative. Now, sometimes mm -hmm. innovation is a disaster. And his hard line approach toward the Pac-12 networks, I think, is ultimately what and uh, put the conference in a bad spot. And then negotiating deals that didn't benefit them with larger uh, television entities uh, probably made the conference look like the conversation that we're having now. Second fiddle to the Big Ten, second fiddle to the Big 12, second fiddle to the ACC, second fiddle to, you know, the SEC. Uh, and if you're a quote unquote power five conference, really, you don't want to be viewed as a power four plus one. Right. And that's why and that's a lot of the reason why USC and UCLA have decided, all right, we're going to uh, we're going to give the big hundred years. Eh, so what? I right. guess a century is enough. We'll give the big ten a shot. All right. John Schuster, can't thank you enough. You all have a great weekend. And uh, we will be back with you Monday, breaking everything down. Who knows? Maybe Arizona's gone on to a declare for the NBA draft, and we got multiple guys in the NFL. 
Who knows? But again, you all have a great weekend. Thank you a ton for listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast.